the mixed martial arts hiatus is over. The 2024 fight season is upon us. Welcome back to the Below Average Joe's MMA show. I hope you all had a great holiday season, a very happy new year. Did you get rested and recovered for the upcoming weekend? Because fights are back in our life. It starts with UFC Vegas 84. It is headlined by a rematch between Magomed Ankalaev and Johnny Walker. Just a couple of months in the making. We're going to discuss that. We're also going to talk about some other significant fights on the card because there are some diamond in the rough style fights uh, throughout the main card in prelims. And we've got some big fight announcements that Dana White started the week off with and maybe even sprinkled in during the middle of the week. So we're going to discuss all of that on today's show. Saddle up because the 2024 year in mixed martial arts starts now. The first UFC main event of 2024 is between two top 10 light heavyweights. Number three ranked Magomed Ankalaev, number seven ranked Johnny Walker. It's not the first time they've squared off. It is going to be a rematch just a few months in the making after their first fight ended in the first round in just over three minutes due to a no contest. Hopefully this time around, everything goes to plan, at least for one of these guys' sake. Someone's going to get a dub, and someone's going to put themselves right in the mix of the 205-pound title discussion. The number three ranked light heavyweight in the world, Magomed Ankalaev, enters this main event against Johnny Walker as the minus 455 betting favorite Johnny Walker on the comeback at plus 350. Magomed Ankalaev comes into this fight on an 11-fight unbeaten streak. He has not lost since his UFC debut against Paul Craig back in 2018. Johnny Walker, on the other hand, has been just, it's been quite a career to follow uh, in, in that of Johnny Walker. He, he came into the UFC with so much hype, so much promise, six foot six, an 82 inch reach, just a massive man, someone that would throw wild, crazy shots, had a very vibrant, fun personality, easy to get behind him. Uh, as a mixed martial arts fan, and he was living up to a lot of hype in those early days. He earned a contract on Dana White's Contender Series, started his UFC run at 3-0 and with three knockouts in pretty crazy fashion. He had a flying knee, he had a spinning back fist, and well, let's not forget when he did the worm and dislocated his shoulder, but that's neither here nor there, because after that, he went on to lose four out of five fights, and it seemed we had reached the maximum potential for Johnny Walker. The only win in that five-fight span, no pun intended, was to Superman Ryan Span. But uh, outside of that, he had losses to Corey Anderson, Nikita Krylov, Tiago Santos, Jamal Hill. So all great competition, all top 15, top 10 level opponents. But it felt that during that skid, we had got a good idea of, okay, this is the ceiling for Johnny. This is where he kind of bottoms out around that top 10, top 8 territory. Maybe he'll never get to truly prove if he can meet those standards that people placed on him when he first came into the UFC. Because at one point, 
he was looked at as the person to beat John Jones when John was still reigning as the champion at 205 pounds. However, Walker made a big switch in his career, and as of September 10th, 2022, he's been on a heater with three straight wins against Jan Kudalaba, Paul Craig, Anthony Smith. Two of those are by finish. Got a decision win over Lionheart, and then had the no contest back in October against his foe, Magomed Ankalaev. And that is why we are here today at UFC Vegas 84 with these two getting a rematch because there is big-time stakes on the line. When we have the number three-ranked Ankalaev, who's been in a title fight before, fought to a draw against Jan Blahovich at the end of 2022. You have the number seven, Johnny Walker, who had all the hype at one point, lost it all, in a sense gained a lot of that back, looking to keep that momentum, to put that no contest to bed and get the biggest victory of his career to launch himself in to the top three of the light heavyweight division. I think a lot of people, you know, view this fight as a grappler versus striker in the sense of Magomed Ankalaya from Russia has a very strong grappling, wrestling background. Johnny Walker, known as the long rangy wild striker that has all of those flashy finishes that I've talked about in the past. But I think there's a lot more to that. I think if you look, you know, deeper into it, Magomed and his resume shows that he's got five knockouts in the UFC, you know, that have come from most of which I should say have come from being on the feet. He has very sneaky high level striking, but he has sneaky power with not only his hands, but he can throw in a front kick. He can throw in a, you know, a high kick every now and again and really flash his opponents, stun them and put them in danger and route to getting a finish. And Johnny Walker showed just two, or I guess I should say three fights ago now where he got a submission over Jan Kudalaba. He has committed to bettering himself, to growing as a mixed martial artist. And, you know, part of that comes with experience. And I think we've seen that, you know, this guy that at one point didn't know what a decision was, never went the distance, has had a few of those sprinkled in where he's tried to fight a little bit smarter, uh, not put himself in as much danger, you know, some winning efforts, some losing efforts with those methods. However, I think the perfect kind of style for Johnny is taking that old, crazy, flashy, wild Johnny Walker that we knew years ago with this kind of newer, a little bit more reserved, more technically sound fighter Johnny Walker. You mesh those together and find a middle ground. That's where Johnny Walker can succeed the most. And I think if he wants to succeed in this fight, especially over the course of a five-round fight against someone we've seen go five rounds in Ankalaev, He's going to have to do that here. He's going to have to be very intelligent. He cannot put himself in danger because if he tries to do something crazy, Magomed will just snatch a leg, throw him down, and hold him down. I believe that if Ankalaev gets this on the ground, Walker will not be able to get back up. We've not seen Johnny really be tested in the grappling department. If you go back through a lot of these fights, if someone is offensively trying to wrestle him, there's not much tape on it in the UFC. And I think, you know, now when he's getting a matchup of that caliber against the number three ranked fighter in the world, it's a big sink or swim moment for Johnny to really prove that he has gotten better uh, in all aspects of the game because we know Ankalaev has all of the skills and capabilities to be a UFC champion. He damn near became it when he fought Jan Blahovich. 
And I think now he's really wanting to make a statement here against Johnny Walker and earn another crack at the 205-pound gold. It's definitely an intriguing matchup for sure. I I can see a world where Ankalaev comes in, makes easy work of Johnny, you know, makes a big time statement to really prove he's able to get back in there for a title. And on the other side, though, I think Johnny Walker can make this tricky. I think he can make this hard on Magomed Ankalaev. I think he can definitely look much better than a plus 350 underdog and maybe just maybe pull off the upset, get the biggest win of his career and launch himself into title contention. And before we get out of here, I want to touch on a couple of other big fights on this card because it's not just, you know, some little fight night to glance over. There's some goodies throughout the main card and prelims. And we go to the co-main event because the main event's not the only fight that's getting ran back a second time because we have Manel Cop facing off against Matthias Nikolaou for the second time. This is number five in the world at flyweight versus number six in the world. And if we remember... Let's go back. This fight, when it first took place, was March 13th, 2021. This was Matthias Nikolaou's re-debut back into the UFC for his second stint and Manel Kopp's second fight ever in the Ultimate Fighting Championship. They fought to a razor, razor-thin split decision where Nikolaou did get his hand raised, got a victory, and it started a four-fight stretch of victories before he fell short in his most recent outing against Brandon Roy Val. Uh, early on in 2023. And for Manel Kopp, it started out very strange. He had a lot of hype coming into the UFC, a former Ryzen champion, a very dangerous, flashy guy with tons of finishes, a very fun fighter to watch. He started his UFC tenure 0-2. The other loss was to the current champion, Alexandre Pantoja. So you look at those first two fights that he had in the UFC, <laughs> welcome to the league. That That's what that means to me. But since then, He's tallied off four straight wins. It started with a bit of a hiccup. He did miss weight in his fight with Ode Osborne. But since then, he's really surged and looked good. He had four fights in 2021. He started 0-2. He finished that same year 2-2, but has only fought two times since December 4th, 2021. He fought one year later against David Vorak in December of 2022, got a decision victory, and then fought in September of 2023 against Felipe Dos Santos and got a decision victory. A lot of inactivity these past couple of years. It's crazy that we're going on three full calendar years that he's been in the UFC. And a lot of these fights that have been canceled haven't been necessarily cops' fault. He's had a lot of uh, injuries to his opponents and and just a lot of drama. He, he's been surrounded by drama. He's made his uh, opinions very well known at press conferences and such. So now he gets a big-time opportunity to crack into the top five, to get into the title contention talks, which is so great right now in the flyweight division, and avenge a loss that he had previously against Matthias Nicolau. Another fight I want to hit on quickly is in the Bantamweight division. Number 13, Ricky Simone returning after his first loss in quite some time in a main event slot against Song Yadong. He'll be taking on the 30-year-old surging Mario Bautista. These are two guys at Bantamweight that are, you know, really on the in the back half of the division. Ricky at number 13, Mario on the outside looking in, trying to crack into the rankings with a big win here over Simone. Uh, but it just shows the depth and talent that there is at 135 pounds right now. And I love everything about this fight. I've been a big fan of Ricky Simone for quite some time. It's been well documented here on the show. 
And, you know, before that loss to Song Yudong back in April of 2023, he was on a five-fight win streak, really was surging and coming into his all, not only getting his same type of dominant, you know, decision victories with his wrestling, but showing some very improved skills in his stand-up game. And I think that's going to be the difference, or at least it can be the difference in this fight with Mario Bautista. Much like Ricky Simone in his last fight, a five-fight win streak gets a big jump up against Song Yudong competition-wise and falters well. Mario Bautista on a five-fight win streak of his own right now with three submission victories, and now he's getting a relatively big jump to number 13-ranked Ricky Simone because I view Ricky as a better fighter than number 13 in the world. And Mario comes in here with only two losses uh, to his name, and one of those being to Corey Sanhagen in his UFC debut back in 2019, the other to Trevin Jones. Both these guys have fought a lot of very good competition, really from the second that they came into the UFC. I mean, let's look back at Ricky Simone. His first fight and victory in the UFC was against Marab Duvalishvili, who is now, what, number one, number two in the world right now? Getting ready to fight Henry Cejudo, where the winner will surely go on, at least I hope, to fight the winner of Sean O'Malley and Marlon Chido Vera in March. This one, I think, will come down to the striking because both are so well-versed in the grappling world, uh, are very strong in their own right in the ways in which they get their opponents to the ground, keep them on the ground, look for finishes on the ground. I think it's going to be a matter of who has improved the most in the striking department. We've seen it more on the side of Ricky Simone, although it didn't look great against Song Yudong. But for Mario here, he's really going to have to prove that he's grown since his last fight in August if he wants to really make a stamp here, make a statement against Ricky Simone and bounce in to the Bantamweight rankings. And then there are just some other names that I want to sprinkle in just to give some shine uh, for you guys. We've got Jim Miller fighting on this card for his 830th UFC fight. He's going up against Gabriel Benitez. I think that is just such a great banger between two veterans of the fight game. Phil Halls and Bruno Ferreira are going off against one another. The odds of that even making it past, I don't know, uh, over zero and a half rounds are slim to none which is why I may take the fight to go to round two, but we'll talk about that at a later point. That's going to be an absolute banger. The OG heavyweight Andre Arlovsky's going up against the former Reds minor league pitcher Waldo Cortez Acosta, who's looking to continue his momentum since winning on the Dana White Contender Series and earning a UFC contract. And I got to talk about my man Marcus McGee. He's came in and quickly amounted a 2-0 impressive record in the UFC. He's taken on Gaston Bolanos here on Saturday night. I look for it to be a very, very fun fight and a chance for Marcus to really make a name for himself on the outside looking in at men's bantamweight. So that's my big hitters uh, discussion-wise for UFC Vegas 84. Again, headline in a rematch between Magomed Ankalaev and Johnny Walker. Potential title shot on the line, pending Jamal Hill's recovery from his Achilles, of course. Another rematch in the co-main event, number five, number six at flyweight, Matthias Nicolau and Manel Kopp, and some great, great fights on the undercard. It's a pretty decent night to return to the 2024 fight season, and it's going to be followed up by a pay-per-view UFC 297. And now that we are done with UFC Vegas 84, we're going to talk about a couple of big fight announcements from Dana White. So I'll start quickly with a fight denouncement, but it did already get its replacement bout. 
the February 24th UFC Fight Night main event in Mexico City, Mexico has been tweaked. Amir Albazi is out. Brandon Raw Dog Roy Val is in. We will now have Brandon Moreno, the number one ranked flyweight in the world, versus Brandon Roy Val, the number three ranked flyweight in the world. A rematch closing in on four years in the making. Uh, these guys last fought in 2020. Uh, it was a very fun fight for as long as we got to see it. Roy Val did injure his shoulder a little bit in that fight, uh, but it did ultimately lead to a finishing sequence on the ground by Brandon Moreno. Brandon Roy Val is coming into this fight after fighting December 16th of 2023 against Pantoja for the flyweight title in a very good five-round uh, fight that we got to see. He fell short, but he's jumping right back in in what will be just over two months removed from that fight in a five-round main event slot with Brandon Moreno. Brandon versus Brandon, Mexico City, Mexico, the new main event. UFC 300 has its first of what's assumed to be a few different title fights, and it will be defended in the women's strawweight division. The 115-pound champion Zhang Weili will look to defend her title a second time, of course, during this title reign, which is her second as well. She's coming in on a three-fight win streak, a spinning backfist knockout over Joanna Young-Jacek, winning the title over Carla Esparza, and having one of the most one-sided title defenses in UFC history against Amanda Lemosh. And the number two-ranked Yan Xiaonan will enter this fight on a two-fight win streak of her own. She got a decision win over Mackenzie Dern, and most recently in May of 2023, got a knockout in the first round over Jessica Andrade, a former champion. It seemed like it was only a matter of time before these two would truthfully square off. Uh, it took a longer than I had anticipated, but we're going to get it at UFC 300. Again, it's the first of what's assumed to be at least a couple other title fights for this milestone event and not only is it a big time fight title on the line but we are getting the first ever title fight featuring two Chinese fighters this is China versus China the only thing that wasn't able to come to fruition was getting this fight to happen in front of their home fans in their home country however they're getting on a massive platform at UFC 300. Zhang Weili is always in fantastic fights, one of the most exciting fighters on the entire roster, regardless of male or female. She's looking to continue her reign. And for Yan Jianan, she has earned this opportunity. She's put together two of her best performances to date, and it got her this shot at the Strawweight Championship. And now this next fight announcement doesn't come directly from Dana White. It comes via AG Fight on Twitter, their MMA and sports news. And uh, they put out that Davison Figueredo and Cody Garbrandt will square off at UFC 300. Cody coming off of a big win, a knockout over Brian Kelleher. He's on a two-fight win streak. He called for the fight with Davison Figueredo, the former flyweight champion who has since moved up to 135 pounds, got his debut victory in the weight class just a few months back against Rob Font. Now, Cody hasn't yet earned his spot back in the top 15 rankings. However, we're talking about someone who's a former champion, uh, a very big name for this division, one of the biggest at 135 pounds. And Davison got put in the number eight spot after that win over Rob Font. So an absolutely massive fight, very fan-friendly, a very intriguing matchup. Let us not forget, we were supposed to see this a couple of years ago when Davison was still the flyweight champion and Cody was trying his 
you know, weight cutting down to 125 pounds. Injuries got in the way. We never got to see that fight happen, but better late than never. And honestly, it's probably at the better weight class at 135 pounds. The rankings may not be there for both guys, but there's a lot riding on this banger at Bantamweight. Not only are these two announcements huge from a fan perspective, but they are huge in terms of implications at the 155-pound lightweight division. And that is because at UFC 299, we get a five-round co-main event between Dustin the Diamond Poirier, number three in the world, versus number 12-ranked Benoit Saint-Denis, who has surged ever since his debut loss on short notice. He's really kicking it into gear, getting big-time style flashy finishes. Now he gets a big, big jump in competition here against a former title challenger, a former interim champion, someone who's fought the Conor McGregor's of the world two separate times. Well, I guess technically three times. Maybe we'll get a fourth one day. This was a fight announcement that came out of left field for me. Very unexpected, something I did not see on the radar for 2024. I didn't know what was necessarily next for Dustin Poirier, uh, but it was not a number 12 ranked, very much lesser known fighter in ben Benoit Saint-Denis. But I, I like this. I think it's a good statement being made here by Dustin Poirier saying, I will truly fight anyone. It doesn't matter who. They don't have to be some superstar, big name, you know, for a title. It can be a young up and coming guy. It's very much reminiscent of when Justin Gaethje had his fight with Rafael Fazeev. And the second lightweight fight is between number one ranked Charles Oliveira and number four ranked Armand Saryukian. The battle to see who will rematch Islam Makachev for the lightweight championship. This is going down at UFC 300. It is just the fourth fight so far announced for that April 13th milestone card for the UFC. Dana said the winner will get Islam Makachev for the lightweight championship of the world sometime in the summer. Islam is uh, recovering from an injury right now. That is why they made this fight. Oliveira, with a win, will get a rematch against Makachev for the title. But let's not forget, should Armand beat Oliveira, he will also be getting a chance to avenge a loss. His very first fight in the UFC was on short notice against Islam Makachev, a fight that went the distance and wasn't as dominant as you would think, uh, as we've come to know Islam and his career ever since then. It is a massive Massive duo of fights a month apart from one another in the 155-pound division. So that's it for the first show back in 2024. The fight season has begun, and it is going to be a very, very good year. I'm super excited for it. I hope you guys are too. Thanks again for listening, watching, subscribing, following on all the platforms that you do. And if you don't, be sure to do that on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, at the MMA. Drop a rating on your favorite audio podcast platform as well. It really helps the show grow. And subscribe on the YouTube channel as well so you don't miss the shorter length, more edited discussions uh, and more timely discussions. So the same format will apply here for audio, though. We get an episode on Friday previewing the big fights for the week uh, weekend, I should say, and discussing the big news from the week. And then every Monday recapping the fights and any news that may come from those big fight weekends. So have a great rest of your week. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the fights. And let's get ready to get into a cycle. Because the fights are going to keep churning this next month and a half.